All right, good morning. It's good to be with you in worship today. I'm Pastor Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Church. And uh, we are on week three of studying uh, this character from the Bible named Elisha. Not Elijah, but Elisha. And he comes in 2 Kings. So if you got your Bibles, you want to whip out your Bible app, we're going to be in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6 today, looking at another miracle that Elisha does. He's an incredible miracle worker, this, this man of God. He's called a prophet in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. And it means he's got this really special relationship with God and how God uses him. And today, uh, we are going to be looking specifically at a, a miracle that he works where he helps recover something that was lost. How many of you have lost things before? All right. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. So shout out, what are the sort of things you guys lose? Come on. Phone, keys, glasses. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so I got a confession for you. You know what I lose all the time? My sense of direction. My wife goes nuts because, so, so when I'm, whatever it is, when I get behind the wheel of a car, I lose north, south, east, west. I have four directions still. Front, back, left, and right. Those are my directions. I, I, I lose my sense of direction, right? Yeah, we lose stuff. Keys, we lose glasses, phones, all this sort of stuff. We lose physical things, but sometimes we can actually lose intangible things. We can lose things that aren't physical, but more of like a thought process. We can lose relationships. We can lose hopes and aspirations. We can lose a lot of different things. And the Bible has a lot to say about recovering things that we have lost. In this specific story, we're going to find a gentleman who loses something, and Elijah comes along and helps him recover it. So, open up to 2 Kings uh, chapter 6. Otherwise, you can watch on the screens. I'll be uh, reading it from there. We also got it on your uh, half sheet if you need it on your half sheet. So, here we go. 2 Kings 6. This is Elisha talking to a guy who lost about, about a lost uh, item. Here we go. Now, the company of prophets said to Elisha, so just a little context for you. When it says the company of prophets, uh, Elisha was kind of the head honcho uh, of a school of followers, of of prophet wannabes, of uh, uh, essentially students who were learning from Elisha how to be uh, men and women of God, right? It's a lot like a church. Elisha is kind of the head of a church, and so, so these company of prophets, these, these other prophets who are trying to learn how to be men and women of God, one of them, uh, they come to him, they come to Elisha, and they say, as you see, the place where we live under your charge is too small for us. So uh, monastery, the church, the church is too small, it's time for an expansion building campaign. Let us go, sound familiar, uh, let us go to the Jordan River, And let us collect logs there, one for each of us, and let us build there a place for us to live. Let's get going on the expansion, okay? Uh, He answered, do so. Yeah, okay, all right, I'm down. Uh, Then one of them said, please come with your servants. He said, yeah, okay, I'll go with you. And so he goes with them, okay? So they're heading down to the Jordan River, and they're bringing their axes and their shovels, and they're bringing their stuff, and they're going to go and cut down some wood to build, okay? Here's what happens. When they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one of the prophets, as one of the students, was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water. Okay, so I want you to close your eyes and picture this. Picture a guy with an axe. He's wearing flannel, and he looks like a lumberjack. He's got a great big beard. 
and he's down on the Jordan River, and he's cutting away, right? Funk, 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 crack. That's pretty good. I practiced that. Seriously, I practiced that this earlier this week. Yeah, no, that's what happens, right? You can picture that. You can see that, right? Guys, like, like he's taking his axe and he's, and he's axing away. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, the stem isn't, isn't strong enough and, and the handle breaks, it cracks. And the, the head of the axe, the iron, goes flying off, spinning off into the Jordan River. And as soon as it hits the water, it sinks to the bottom of the water. He cried out, alas, master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God, that is Elisha, said, where did it fall? When he, that is the, the prophet, showed him the place, Elisha cut off a stick, threw it in there, in the water, and he made the iron float. Elisha said, pick it up. So the man reached out his hand, and he took it. I think it's fair to say that, that this Story. This biblical story represents a larger truth of human reality and existence, and that is that we're really good at losing things. We lose stuff. Small stuff, but also big stuff. Inconsequential stuff, and really important stuff. Sometimes it's an accident, and sometimes it's the result of the decisions that we've made in life. The big stuff, the more meaningful stuff, that stuff can hurt when we lose that. We can lose things like our relationship with our spouse. We can lose things like a relationship with our kids, a friendship. We can lose things like, like aspirations for our future, motivation to succeed and excel in our job. We can lose things like control of, of our household, of our finances, self-control. We lose control of our, our body image, our self-esteem. We lose things of great importance. And, and frankly, when we look at what we have lost, we sit down and we look at it and we say, it would, it would take a miracle for me to recover that. For me to get, get my marriage back on track, for me to get my career where I want it to be, for me to really have that passion and that fire for the Christian calling. Do you know that as Christians, we can lose that? Have you ever lost that before? It's tough. The passion and the zeal to be the Christian that Christ has called you to be, you can lose that. You can lose Christian perspective. If you're a Christian, you might have experienced that before. If you're a non-Christian, you might have seen a Christian and talked with a Christian who has lost a sense of God's power and presence close at work in their life. You can lose that. We can lose things of such great importance and significance. And they can be so far gone, so far lost, that we look at them and say, can't happen. I'll never get that to be what it was. I'll never live that life that could have, would have, should have been. I can never once again restore myself. I can never once again become the person that God aspired and created me to be. I've just lost it. And we lose hope. You ever lost hope before? 
If you're a non-Christian, if you talk to a Christian who has gone through the experience of God speaking and working in their life and, and putting their faith in Christ, if you talk to them, you might find that they themselves at one point in time would describe their entire person as lost. Sometimes we say that, right? That we, not just something, but we as people and persons, we can get lost. His axe head fell into the water and he lost something. This begs the question, it, it asks in your life, personally, what have you lost? There's a whole list there on the half sheet for you. You can just circle one. Or I left a blank space so you can add your own. <laughs> no, but seriously, what have you lost in life? I mean, look at spouse, self-esteem, friendship, self-control, hope in the future, joy in my job, pregnancy, self-worth, sobriety, happiness, purpose, faith. You can lose your faith. Kids, relationships, reputation, character. We lose things. What have you lost? What have you lost? For the man in the story, it was an axe head that he lost, that he was responsible for. What is it for you? Now, there is good news in this story. And in fact, the more you read your Bible, you're going to find that the Bible is, is resplendent with stories where something is lost and it is once again recovered. In fact, I, we got really good news today. If you're a Christian and you have personally experienced this, I, I, there are so many good stories of how God has worked in your life and in this world to recover something that was otherwise lost. We have a God whose business and purpose and what He loves to do is help broken people recover that which is lost. Jesus himself talks about this. You look at it, Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus says, I'm here to help people who have lost purpose, lost connection with an eternal Father. I have come for the explicit reason to seek and to save lost people. He'll even use different stories. He'll use things called parables where he'll, he'll use these analogies. They're so good. He says, look, there's, there's, God is a lot like a shepherd. I'm a lot like a shepherd as Jesus, and, and, and you're a lot like a sheep. And, and, and God is looking at his sheep, and sheep wander off. And, and you're a lot like a, a sheep that has wandered off. And I have come to find and seek and save that lost sheep to recover you. He uses another story where he says, he says that there is this woman who, who loses a coin. She loses a coin somewhere in her house, and, and, and she searches high, and she searches low, and, and she finally finds it. And when she finds it, she rejoices and holds it aloft and celebrates because she has found, she has recovered that which is lost, and she throws a big party. And Jesus says, that's a lot of the way that God is. Seeking and saving you. Recovering you. You see, our God, your God, 
He is able to work miracles to recover that which you have lost. We look at it and say, no way, not possible. It would take a miracle. God says, let me get to work. Miracle? I'm in the miracle business. And God works in this world to recover that which is lost. I don't know what you have lost, but I can tell you, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the eternal God, works in this world to recover the loss. That is good news. Now, what's really cool about this, and specifically about this story, is that it, it actually takes us into to, to ways and places. It suggests that we ourselves can begin to invite God's miracle working into our lives. We can actually invite God to help us recover something of great value, something that we lost. We can actually say, God, we can take steps to say, God, please work a miracle in my life. Check it out. Here we go back again into the scriptures. This is what happens in, in verse 5 and 6. The, the servant, once, the prophet, once he's lost the accent, he cries out. He says, alas, master, it was borrowed. I'm responsible. This is terrible. Then the man of God, that is Elisha, said, where did it fall? When he showed him the place. So what happens is, is, is as soon as it is lost, rather than hiding the fact... Rather than looking down and trying to slink off, right? Rather than going and just trying to replace it. What he does is he turns to Elisha for help. He turns to a godly man who can pour into him, walk with him, and influence him and the situation. He, he turns and puts himself in proximity to a person whom God can use to work a miracle. The same is true for you and me. When we are in a position where we have lost something, I cannot implore you enough. Please, get godly help. Put yourself in proximity with people who can pour into you, whom God and the Holy Spirit can work through to speak into your life. This is why Pastor Bob and I always say, everybody should get in a... Thank you. A small group. Why? Because when you're in a small group, you're surrounding yourself with people who can pour into you and love on you. And when you have a situation that demands a miracle and, and where you really need some restoration and recovery, you can turn to people in your small group and say, hey, would you pray with me about this? Would you work with me on this? Would you hold me accountable in this? You put yourself into proximity with Christian believers who God can use to say, yes, I'll come alongside you. Let me tell you how God's worked in my life. See Christian counselors. They're amazing. They're fantastic. We do not value therapists enough in our world. My wife is one. 
And I have to say, it's one of my greatest joys to encourage her in her own vocation. Because she, as is a, is a woman of God, is able to truly impart wisdom and insight and walk with people who need help. Don't hide it. Seek out godly people who can bless you and God can use to speak to you and begin to work a miracle. I want to lift up one specific group that we have here at Christ Church. It's called Celebrate Recovery. It's on Thursday nights. You should check it out if you have lost something and you need recovery. There's a reason it's named Celebrate Recovery. Because it is people working through, putting themselves in proximity with others to work towards that miracle of recovery. And it happens. Man, it's incredible. The stories that come out of that space. Please. Begin to invite the miracle by putting yourself in proximity with Christian, godly persons. Another big thing you can do. When, when the iron flies off and it sinks, Elisha comes along, he gets involved, he throws a stick in, does a miracle, and the, and, and the iron floats to the top. And this is what he says. He says, pick it up. Pick it up. So the man reaches out his hand and he takes it. You guys ever heard the phrase, strike while the iron is hot? You guys heard that before? Right? Strike while the iron is hot. It goes back to the idea of like a blacksmith, right? You stick the iron in the fire and the iron heats up. And and when it's really hot, that's like when you can work with it, right? You can like bend it and shape it and and you you can pound on it. You can really make it into something, right? Strike while the iron is hot. I got a new phrase for you. Grab while the iron floats. That's pretty good, isn't it? All right, on the count of three, everybody say it with me. One, two, three. Grab while the iron floats. Yeah! Look, when God begins to work in your life, when you feel the Holy Spirit speaking into your life, motivating you to action, to reach out, to begin the miracle, when God starts to really get involved and you can see the fruit of what he's accomplishing, don't sit back. When the Spirit prompts you to respond and and take a step and to do something, don't chicken out. When God begins to bring recovery and restoration and healing into your life, Embrace it. Get busy with it. Grab while the iron floats. As a Christian, too often, we miss out on a lot of opportunities. Both in our life and in the lives of those around us. Where the Spirit speaks into us or puts us in a position where we can, we can influence someone and bless someone and come alongside somebody, and we could say something, we could do something, but then we get nervous because it's not culturally acceptable. Well, what do they think about it? I, they'll be fine. I'll be fine. Just look, I'll do it as soon as. You ever hear that? You ever do that? I've done that. I'll do it as soon as I feel up for it. I'll start working on my finances as soon as the stars align. 
I'll start calling the people that, that I haven't had contact with, that, that brother that I haven't talked to. I'll call them as soon as the holidays come. I'll get busy embracing what God is calling me to do as soon as I feel up for it and motivated. Listen, please, please hear this. Don't miss out on the opportunities God places in your life. Because you, chances are, you need a miracle somewhere in your life. And perhaps, if you're a Christian, more importantly, the people around you need a miracle in their lives. And we as Christians are called to serve and love and to give. And to prioritize the other above ourself. Your wife, your husband, they might need a miracle. Your kids your family and your relationships at work, your boss, chances are they've lost something. And they need a miracle. And they need you to, to, to be in proximity with them and allow God to speak in you and through you to work that miracle. So when the chance comes and the iron floats, grab it. Grab while the iron floats. Uh, recently, I had a great privilege of sitting down with one of our guys here at church. The stories that I could tell about miracles here at Christ Church are, are incredible. I mean, just, just incredible. It's a privilege as a pastor to hear those stories. Uh, just recently, um, we, I preached a sermon about finances not too long ago. And I had a gentleman call me up, and we got together after that. And he said, you know what? I had lost control of my finances. And, and, and I sought out help. And, and God has begun to work a miracle in my finances. I never thought. God could do this. He shared with me what God was doing to restore and recover his sense, not only of his finances, but the way that he, he understands his life and his purpose, and the way he impacted his kids in relation to his finances. And, and oh my goodness, it was incredible. And perhaps what was most incredible of all was that when we sat down, and we got together. He didn't say, Pastor, I need a miracle. He said, Pastor, I am currently experiencing a miracle. He didn't say, Pastor, I really need this. He said, Pastor, I already have seen God at work in a place that I thought was lost. And God is working to restore it and recover it. Because that's the kind of God we have. You have a God who works in this world to recover that which is lost. To work miracles. To seek and to save. To restore and bring new life.
If, if you're a person who, who feels lost right now, if you have lost touch with your Christian identity, with the Father, with Christ himself, with the presence of the Spirit, if you yearn for that, maybe you've lost a sense of passion and fire. Maybe you've never known it, and you have this continual, perpetual feeling of being lost. That you've never known what it's like to be loved and forgiven and experience God's compassion. I have good news for you this morning. God loves you, and he cares about you, and he desires to get involved in your life and work miracles. He will go to any length to recover you. The greatest example of this we as Christians have is the person of Jesus Christ, who came into this world, God himself, And he performed the most incredible miracle we couldn't see coming in order to recover that which was lost. He died upon a cross, and three days later, he was resurrected to new life. So that you, you might be recovered after death. That the death you experience might not be the end. God seeks to recover not only what you have lost, but you yourself. This is good news. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for how you work in our lives and in our world. We thank you for people like Elisha, For those that are around us who work miracles, whom you can use to work in our lives. We invite your miracles, we invite your power, we invite and ask that we would know and understand how you are active in this world, restoring and recovering that which is lost. We ask and pray that you would indeed work miracles in us and through us. We thank you for the greatest miracle of all, that you would come, die, and be resurrected, that you might recover humanity itself for your purposes and plans. We worship you and thank you and commend ourselves into your hands. Amen. We're going to have a time now where the band is going to play.